Welcome to Selfie Development, a podcast about the weird and wonderful world of wellness and self-improvement. Each episode, we look at a different wellness trend or practice to find out what actually works and what's kind of a waste of time and energy. I'm Katie Gordon, a yoga teacher and coach. I'm Annabelle Lee. I write about wellness. If you are enjoying the podcast, please leave us a review, subscribe so you never miss an episode and share the podcast with any friends that you think might like it too. Come and find us at Selfie Development Pod on Instagram for more wellness chat. So this week, we're going to be talking about mum rage. Ah! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Is that a title that resonates with you, Annabelle? Uh, Yeah, for sure. I think, well, I love being a parent, but it is for sure a challenge. I think there's a lot of imagery of what parenting and I guess specifically motherhood should look like and I don't think there's a huge amount of space to express anything outside of that Mm. and I think that it's a lot looking after other people yeah I think one of the things no one told me about becoming a parent is how angry your children can make you Mm. something I only experienced through it happening to me and feeling incredibly guilty about I would say I'm quite a calm person generally but there have been times where I've had to leave the room or you just really felt overwhelmed with rage and even talking about it now I feel bad for saying that because people don't really talk about that but the more that I express that with other parents the more I get people coming back and saying yeah I've, I've had that as well no one can push my buttons like my kid like no one you know when you're overwhelmed you're being pulled touched all the time got mummy 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 all the time why 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 whatever it is it's, it can be so full-on it really can test your limits so I think it's really interesting to talk to an expert about this and also just like or talk a bit more openly about this topic for sure yeah I think when I, if I have ever been quite yeah I guess quite open about my experiences people be like oh that's so brave to talk about that or (laughs) because I think that it really is we live in in a society which is like obsessed with having kids yeah (laughs) there was a I was listening to an episode of a podcast called the imperfects recently and they were talking about the concept of pronatalism which I'd never heard that concept before but it's the idea that our society is very pro natalism meaning having babies so as a society we are and I think culture is very pro people procreate and also because there's other stuff in there around like control of women as well that you know have some babies and those women are (laughs) you know easier to control or it's you know things like that so I think there is a lot in there but I yeah I definitely agree with you I think more conversations around it honest conversations but I think also because having kids is so loaded for lots of people for lots yeah. of different reasons because every it's obviously quite a personal thing and there's lots going on whether you've got kids whether you want kids whether you don't want kids mm. and it's much it's much harder to say this that what they were talking in that episode like you don't very often hear somebody say and I don't think people do generally regret having children and I don't think that apparently that, they do oh, yeah oh, I, I don't, don't know what the stats are but there is a, a relatively 
not high, but there is a there is a rate of people who regret it. Yeah, but I guess the messaging around that is less. You know, that's le- much less overt. That's that's less of an sure. easy yeah. caption, is it? Like, I, you know, like you see so many things around. You know, I love my kids, of course, and of course, like, and it's annoying even that you have to precurse that with, of course, I do love my yeah. kids. But I think, yeah, I completely agree with you. I think that being open about the experience is really helpful also because it's so insular isn't it when you're at home with your kid or kids yeah and you're you know you don't usually on your own yeah on your own where does that go like Mm. where, where does that emotion go yeah I think parenthood for me at least has been like extraordinarily intense in really beautiful ways and the intensity of like the love is incredible but it also goes the other way that the anger and like oh my god yeah I just want five minutes without someone touching me is also really really strong but yeah you don't really hear about that on parenting podcasts do you yeah no 100% I think I quite often think this when I'm doing the school run (laughs) I see you know you see people in their the exterior vision of family life or, you know, or, sure. or yeah. you know, the exterior vision, you know, everyone's got their hairbrush finally, probably everyone's, you know, going to school, chatty, chatty. Hi, how are you? And it's quite, you know, it's all, it's all nice, but you don't see this, the screams, you know, yeah. get your shoes on. <laughs> and I was talking to a friend of mine on recently after the school run and I was feeling really bad because I'd had a bad morning with my children I right. shouted and I really and I just I've been trying not to do that as much because yeah. I feel like it and not you know it disrupts everything and then I feel bad and she was saying you know don't worry my kids are in tears this morning yeah but you don't and that made me feel so much better you know just to know you that don't know it, that it's you, happening for of course everyone you don't yeah for all intents and purposes and the I think the exterior picture that we try and create Mm. is so different from the reality for so many people yeah but also as a parent as a mother particularly which is my experience so I can't really speak for dads but um you feel so judged like my kid had a tantrum in in the soft play and probably no one cared but I just felt like not good because why is my child having an absolute meltdown and then you think, oh, someone's going to think I'm a certain kind of parent. Whereas actually that's happened to every single person. And I think talking about this today is is really great. I'm really happy that we're speaking to someone and hopefully there'll be some mums and dads (laughs) out there who hear this and feel a bit less alone. Definitely. I think one of the challenges, I guess, for us now, like modern parents, parents of our, like in this age is Mm. that we I think there's some research that shows that we parents now spend much more time with their children than like our parents spent with us Mm -hmm. and also we get so exposed to so much more like we see so much more of other people's projection of their family lives as well so it means that we are like I'm sure it's always been hard to have babies but we're in a particular age now where we've got all these things you know and there's there's a lot around you know being a gentle parent as well which I think can be misinterpreted as being like calm and collected all the time which is impossible but our parents didn't really have that expectation you'd be like 
seen and not heard almost that kind of overtone from their parents generation was around so they weren't having like gentle chats in the supermarket <laughs> about why we can't get 17 different kinds of lollies It'd just yeah. be like no move yeah. on so I think there's that expectation of being a gentle parenting and, and what that might mean that is quite a lot and something I found really really helpful around that was to like the, the idea of rupture and repair yeah so like shouting is okay and then I'll be like I'm really sorry I shouted it wasn't you I was feeling a certain type of way I shouldn't have shouted at you and the idea that that actually it's okay to shout as long as you then go and repair that relationship is a big way off my mind for sure yeah I read about that in um Philippa Perry's book oh yeah the book you wish your parents had read Mm. which I found quite helpful for understanding more about why we do some of the stuff that we do and yeah I had that recently where I lost it I think the other thing one of the the times that it really shows up for me is when I'm trying to work at home yeah and my children are there which sometimes I do after school when they're at home and I just find that so difficult to do it's impossible right to do both Mm. things you can't work and look after your kids yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> At the same time, it's just, it's really, really difficult. And I think that for me, I've realised that that's when I find it so hard because I want to be this sort of present, you know, mm. present parent. But also I care about my work and I, and I, you know, and I need to do my job. So yeah. it's, I think that for me, it's, it's in those moments where, because I'm trying to do it all, which I know is not, I know well, you it's have not to possible, try and do it all. You have to try. Yeah, because it's, you, we're not, society's not structured in a way that you can be like, oh, I'm not going to do it all because you've got to earn money and you've got to look after your kids. And Yeah, and sometimes you want to, right? Like, yeah. you want to, like, I want to work, mm. you know, and, and, and uh, yeah, it's, it's just how you do it. But I, do, I guess I don't want to be, I don't want to work and have my kids there if it, that comes at the expense of me screaming and feeling terrible but nobody wants to be a shouty mum do they like it's not fun for anyone no no it's not but the reality is that you will be sometimes yeah and that's that's okay I hope hopefully (laughs) please validate us (laughs) well we'll find out with our guest so Katie who have we got today Dr Katie Hill is a clinical psychologist with 20 years experience of working across a variety of different NHS and university psychology departments. Since having her three children, Katie has chosen to work in private practice, focusing on her specialist interest of parental stress and burnout. Katie supports parents to reduce their stress levels, manage difficult emotions and improve relationships with their children and themselves. You can find her at drkatiehill.com or the parental stress psychologist on Instagram. Hi, Katie. Can you talk a little bit about the pressures on parents you see in your work and why people might choose to come to you and speak to you? Yeah, sure. So I think that modern parenting is pretty much crazy making. I don't know any parents, myself included, I have three small children that finds parenting easy, fun, anything like the way that they expected it would be. A lot of us struggle alone in silence with a lot of stress, uh, anxiety, guilt, exhaustion, worry. We compare ourselves to other people that we see online, on on telly, our idea of what a parent should be. 
And when it doesn't match up, we can feel really, really crap about ourselves. And there's something about parenting specifically that feels really important and key to who we are and something we want to do really well. And when it's not going well, we can feel absolutely terrible. So yeah, I see people coming to me. Often it's a dirty secret. I'm not coping. I'm not a great mum. I'm shouting or... I'm racked with guilt or anxiety or, you know, I'm so tired. I'm not enjoying this. I thought I'd enjoy this. I'm not enjoying this. Pretty much sure that everyone else is. Everyone at the school gates look like they're having a great time and they know what they're doing. And it's just me and I'm not coping. So, yeah, just to reassure anyone that's listening, if you feel that way, then you are in the majority, not the minority. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I need that as a mantra. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you deal with parental burnout. What Can you explain a bit about what parental burnout is and why that might happen so I think most people have heard of the idea of burnout so we talk about it in occupational context burnout is this idea that you have a job that's so stressful so intense but it isn't being matched with the resources that you need to handle that stress and people often think about it in terms of I don't know people that work in emergency services or nurses or high-powered executives too much stress not able to cope with it and people get exhausted at work they get cynical they start to see people that they work with as not people so you might hear of a nurse talking about uh, bed three or four rather than that person's name and they start to feel like they're not doing a very good job in some cases they're not doing a very good job well parenting is work too it's a relationship and there's lots of wonderful things about being a parent and children are amazing and wonderful and It's also work. It's an awful lot of work. It's very tiring. It's very stressful. And unlike an ordinary job, there's no training involved. There's no off days. You don't get sick days. If you're sick, you still have to parent. You're on call all the time. You're getting up in the night. You're there on the weekends. And unlike most jobs, you can't resign. You can't (laughs) get out of this. So it makes more sense to me that we would burn out in parenting than we would in a job, to be honest. And so parental burnout is this sense where parents get so overloaded with the stress, they become so exhausted, emotionally, physically exhausted. And that starts to turn to something a bit darker where you become emotionally detached from your children, where you feel like you can't show them love anymore. You're going through the motions of the things that you need to do for them during the day, but you're not having that fun, that connection, that love, that pride, that, that bit has been leached out of it. All the joy has gone. And you're kind of on autopilot and ambling along, feeling absolutely bloody miserable. And it's, unfortunately, it's not that uncommon. The research rates estimate that there's something like 2 to about 12% of people across the world feeling this way. The average is about 5%. So if you think 5% is about one parent in every class, it's really not uncommon. And it got really bad during the pandemic rates, some surveys say rates as high as 81% of parents felt this way. I want to reassure anyone feeling this way as well. This isn't about you being a bad parent. This is about the situation that you find yourself in. Given the right situation, we could all feel this way. If the stress gets so high and the resources that you need to deal with that stress, they're not there. Like in the pandemic, when we're all stuck in our houses, trying to work, trying to look after children, trying to do online schooling, trying to think, oh my God, how are we going to cope against this disease? People burn out really quickly. So yeah, if you're feeling this way at the moment, please know that 
It's not because you're a bad parent. Is that parents of children of all ages that can experience burnout? Or is it more common in parents of younger children? Yeah, yeah, it's a really good question. Um, We do see it happen across the age range. So it's about stress. It's not really about the child or the age of the child or how many children you have or whether those children have disabilities or or anything. It's not really one factor, but it's the accumulation accumulation, of a bunch of stressful things. So, yeah, parents of toddlers and babies, they're much more prone to stress. But if they have family around them, if they have enough money and they have a job that they enjoy as well and hobbies and all these things that account for the stress, they'll be okay. But, um, yeah, it can happen with with teenagers. Teenagers are extraordinarily emotionally stressful and training creatures. Little ones are physically demanding, and we see parents talking about physical exhaustion when they're little. But when they're bigger, emotionally, yeah, it's it's just as draining. So it's kind of a case where your resources don't meet the demands that are on you. That's when you get burnt out. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's the thing I always want to emphasize that it's not about you as a person it's not about you being a bad mom or a bad dad it's about the situation and given the right situation given the right number of stresses and not enough resources it could happen to me it could happen to you it's more likely to happen in certain circumstances and different personalities and different setups are more prone to it but yeah it's it's about that balance and the work that I do with people is to help them get that balance back so interesting because like sometimes you can be I've certainly had where like one thing it will be the the literal straw that broke the camel's back it's interesting to think of it in terms of like resource and depletion oh absolutely I I know I see parents and they'll say things like I flew off the handle on the school run or he's three he didn't put his shoes on why did I just lose my shit and shout at him he's so little and when we pull it back and look at everything you're dealing with everything that you're shouldering the drains on your energy you realize that people are dealing with so so much and yeah one little incident like that can kind of tip you over into rage or burnout Mm. can be quite frightening quite shocking if you haven't been aware of it building because a lot of us aren't aware of the stress that we're carrying all the time and we're walking around with headaches or we're not sleeping well we're not realizing all the stress that we're carrying all the time it can be quite a shock to think yeah this one thing just kicked me off but I think all of us are dealing with an awful lot yeah and when you don't think of yourself as an angry person I know I don't particularly and then suddenly have been shocked by it I found it quite frightening the first time I had like mum rage is the term that that is going around the internet at the moment isn't it so um, can you tell us a bit about mum rage is that just sort of the accumulation of the pressures and boiling over absolutely absolutely yeah I'm really glad that we're talking about mum rage more and more now I've been a parent now for uh, 11 years and I I've lost my temper so many times I'm a psychologist and I still get mum rage not not that often anymore but it happens I think it happens to all of us. I think anyone listening who's a mum knows what mum rage is. I don't have to explain to anyone what mum rage is. We've all been there or been close to it, definitely. And none of us go into parenting thinking that we're ever going to do that. We're never going to lose our temper, especially at little ones. We're going to be patient and we're going to be calm. And especially if we've never been the kind of person that lost their temper, it can be a shock. And like you say, it's this accumulation in the background Most parents, especially with little ones, are operating on this level of dysregulation, really, this kind of semi-kind of 
always kind of stressed, tired. We don't really look after ourselves very well when we have small children. We're um, not sleeping so well, not eating, not exercising. Our hobbies have fallen by the wayside. We, um, we're not able to cope with stress in the way that we used to when before we had children. Maybe we'd go playing sport on the drop of a hat or we'd go to the pub. And now we don't do that. Now we're kind of stuck in the house with this child and we're dealing with an awful lot. A lot of us are doing it on our own. There's so many houses where there's one woman on her own with two little children and it's completely unnatural. We mm. were supposed to do this you know, in, a, in a village where we're told there's supposed to be a village. We're, we're social animals, humans. We're supposed to do this in tribes. You were never supposed to do this on your own. So we're shouldering too much. We're on our own. We're tired. We're not eating well. We're exhausted. A lot of us have hormonal fluctuations as well that can add to this. You know, when you're pregnant or you've just had a baby, or if you're like a week before your period or you're going through perimenopause, a lot of hormonal fluctuations going on that can make us more prone to anger. We're feeling this baseline level of frustration, tiredness, exhaustion, dysregulation, and then kids do really annoying things. And you've got, <laughs> I love my kids, but my God, the things that they do. Like they're not... not not getting their shoes on in the morning. They're in no rush. They don't need to get anywhere on time. They don't care that you've got to get to work. And they're in a little world. They want to play. And the sibling arguments that my, my lot have, my God. And they don't want to sleep when you want them to sleep. And you can spend four hours making a gorgeous meal. And then you put it in front of them. And they go, ugh, push it away. <laughs> yeah. They push your buttons. And that's completely normal. I'm not having a go at kids. This is what kids do. This is what I did. This is what we all did when we were little. This is normal. But those little kind of butting pressing moments that happen several times not in a day in an hour with a little child they will push your buttons so many times and you're already tired already exhausted already unsupported already feeling it we're going to lose your temper that's going to happen it's completely unrealistic to think that you're not so yeah i'm really glad that we're talking about mum age because we all experience it and i'm not saying that it's that's fine it's not a problem there are definitely times when there's problematic elements to it we yeah. can talk about that if you like but just as a baseline thing mums get angry and that's okay i think it's really useful to hear that because no one one of the things that i find hard about this is no one tells you about mm. this and so unless you're talking to your friends you think it's just you and it's not it's, it happens to to most women i think yes. and and probably some dads as well but do you think there's a difference with Absolutely. this generation compared to our parents generation you know the boomers i guess <laughs> and how they parented and the pressures on them versus mm. yes absolutely i i mean i'm a child of the 80s i don't know about you ladies but my childhood is very different my childhood was very different to the childhood that my children are having. We were free range, you know. We went out all day. Uh, my parents didn't know where we were. We were getting up to all sorts. And we came back from meals. And uh, we didn't really interact with our mums and dads so much. They didn't take us to soft play or we didn't have these you know, mm -hmm. big days out. Or I, I wasn't expecting to play with my parents in the way that I play with my children now. And my parents didn't expect that they would do that. We live kind of parallel lives. If I was what we call naughty back in the day, but I don't think we were allowed to say that now, if I was acting up, then um, I'd get told off in quite strong terms and I'd get smacked in the 80s. And we don't do that now. And I'm so glad that we don't. I'm not saying that's, you know, that we should go back to that at all. But parents used to be a lot more disciplinarian, authoritarian, removed from their children. 
And the parenting culture has shifted so much for our generation in lots of brilliant ways. We're a lot more child focused. We know a lot more about attachment and childhood development and what children need. And we're much more aware of our actions and we're much more thoughtful and much more involved. But the flip side of that is, is that there's a lot more pressure on us to get it right and to always be there and to be always involved and at the same time work and hold down a career and, you know, maybe trip some friendships and hobbies in there as well. We're doing an awful lot and we are exposed to a lot of online information that was just not even there for our parents either. So we can see everyone across the world's opinion of what good parenting is. We are exposed to so many memes and simplistic ideas of the right way to do it. You can, you know, go on social media right now and you'd be told exactly what you should be doing and if you're falling short of that then you're a terrible person terrible parent and we get to see how other people parent in a way that we never could before but it's not real on social media it's the highlights and so you can be scrolling on there and get absolutely bombarded with a bunch of information about how you can get your child to eat that meal how you can get that child to sleep how you should be doing it differently better and how you should be calm and you should be enjoying it all. There's a thing at the moment that's driving me crazy on Instagram. You've got this 18 summers to enjoy your child and oh, every moment yeah. counts and every moment is precious and you've got to get it right. And ay ay ay. I think that's the overriding difference that I feel. There's so many different differences and so many societal differences between the 80s and now. But this pressure to be an amazing parent and to get it all right. I don't think that used to be there. I really don't think that there was the pressure before. There were plenty of difficulties. And my mum was listening to this now. She'd say, oh my God, it wasn't easy then, you know. Of course it wasn't. But there are different pressures now. It's not just in parenting, but overall society in the last 40 years. There's lots of research showing that we've become more perfectionistic as a society. We've um, just, in terms of the politics and how society is arranged now, we're much more neoliberal, much more competitive, individualistic. And these things don't make for happy families or happy parents. We're supposed to be, you know, parental burnout, when they study it across the, the globe, it's very rare, almost unheard of in more collectivist countries where people work together, families live together in wider groups and it's about the whole rather than the individual. Whereas in the West, we're more about the individual, about success, about competition, competition about getting ahead being perfect and that doesn't work well at all when you try and apply that to parenting or, or family life. That's so interesting because what a lot of what we talk about on the podcast is about this sort of real about wellness culture and about how we are so obsessed with ourselves and our own wellness and like you were saying this sort of neoliberal desire to just improve yes. oneself and then this massive focus that goes on to our kids mm. individually as a sort of I don't know, kind of representation of us and our our kind of, you know, pride and joy in the world, but we don't really care about anyone else's kids. Or And the idea of community care, we talk a lot about, and community wellness, but it's so difficult to see where there's a space for that. Or what, like you were saying with the village, like, I I don't know where the village is. It's, it's, it's not, it's not uh, easily accessible. I think a lot of I work with some mums postnatally and then a lot of them are lonely and looking for connection and looking for people to share the load with but like real practical ways of that is quite hard to come by like how do you 
do things like look after each other's kids when everyone's got to work or how do you share the burden it's tricky to to find that I think and in our little families you know some of us have grandparents that can help and stuff but not everyone's lucky enough to have that and it's really lonely and really hard particularly if your partner comes home knackered from work at 7 p.m and then you know he he or they haven't got any energy either yeah that i remember those early days of counting down the hours until six o'clock till my husband came home which is just wild isn't or it or you don't have a partner who comes oh, home yeah, yeah totally <laughs> yeah. when are the times that we should worry or look for help when we're feeling angry or if we're feeling angry lots and, and we don't like how we're behaving with our children yeah well i think the clue is what you're saying there when we don't like our behavior so i'm always at pains to uh, normalize emotions and the whole range of human emotions especially in parenting parenting isn't just about joy and happiness and pride and pleasure and all the lovely things that we think it will be before we have a baby there's an awful lot of what we call negative emotions but they're not negative they're all no it's all information about what's going on with you it's all normal sadness anxiety anger guilt all these things come along for the ride as well I wouldn't worry if you're feeling those things, but if they're affecting your behaviour, then I would start to get curious about what's going on. So if you feel that your feelings of anger or any other kind of negative feeling is affecting your day-to-day functioning, so how you manage to get yourself through the day, get to work, get your children to school, get a tea on the table, that kind of thing, if that's your mood is making that hard to do, just take a step back and start to look at what's going on. If you find it's affecting your relationship, so you're being snappy, irritable with your partner, your children, you're speaking to them in ways that are not constructive, not the way that you'd like to do that normally, and we all do that sometimes as well. Again, I'm a psychologist and I still snap at my my husband, I still snap at my kids, that happens, but if it's the, the dominant way that you're interacting in your household, then that could be problematic. It goes either way as well, I speak to people who say, you know, I'm not being outwardly angry, shouting, slamming doors, throwing things. But I'm going inside myself. I'm withdrawing. I'm ignoring people. I'm, um, I'm not spending time with my kids. I'm not seeing my friends. I'm, yeah, I'm disappearing inside myself. This anger's going inward. That ruins relationships as well. That's just as bad as, as shouting at people. So I'd be concerned there. I'd be concerned and I'd say get help sooner rather than later if you're acting in a way that's risky for you or for people you love so if you're worried that you might be hurting yourself or hurting other people absolutely please get help and that's really hard to do because it's hard to ask for help in our society it's hard to ask for help as a parent because we're supposed to just do this naturally and just love it and not hurt any problems and it's really hard to admit something as taboo as hurting your children or hurting your partner that's such a hard thing to do, but I really want to speak to anyone listening that's feeling that way, that I'm not saying get help because you're a bad person or that you need fixing in any way. Get help because you deserve it, because your behaviour is indicating that your needs aren't being met, that you're not being supported, that you're not okay and you need looking after, you need some of this burden taking off you, you need, you need help. Yeah, thank you for that. That's really important to say. And, and we'll put some resources in the show notes of people that you can talk to, aside from the obvious ones like GPs and things. 
have you got any practical advice on how you can regulate and co-regulate and calm you and your kids down? I mean, I know that's a lot to ask, but any sort of ways that people can... Mm -hmm. That's a big one. Mm. (laughs) People often ask me about what do I do in the moment, in the middle of this, whatever's kicking off, and I am just about to absolutely scream or grab my child too roughly, what do I do? And I think they kind of want me to give this magic answer where you just snap out of it and you don't feel those feelings and it's not really that realistic. Sorry, I'd love to be able to do that. Um, When you're in fight or flight like that, when the adrenaline's going, the cortisol's going, it's going to take a 10 ton truck to bring you out of that. That's really hard to do. That is advanced level kind of technique. The quick answer to that is just stop. Whatever you're doing, stop. Get out the room outside whatever upstairs make sure the child's like get away that's the that's mm. why i was saying that circumstance but really the answer is much more about preparation that's really boring and hard work i'm sorry but it's about laying the foundations with this stress level this dysregulation level not building up to the point where you're about to kick off because the child refused their tea or whatever so i always like to start off with self-compassion so you're here the way that I'm speaking and the stuff that I put out on social media is all about trying to give yourself a break trying to reduce your expectations on yourself understand that you're going to have hard days and you're going to have uncomfortable emotions and that you're not going to be perfect at this and it's okay to make mistakes and I would ask people to really start and look at the basics of of regulating yourself would be to just remember that at the end of the day you're an animal and animals need sleep and they need good food and they need hydration and they need to move and all the things that your body needs in order to regulate itself need to be in place. And those are often the things that go completely out the window when we have kids. We don't sleep very well. We don't eat very well. We don't exercise. They all go. And then we wonder why we're frazzled and exhausted and, and ratty. So try and get those things in place. I think about your needs as not just an animal but a a mammal we need people we need love we need affection we need community like you say we need community care we talk a lot about self-care because we are living in an individualistic society and that's part of it but it's not the answer think about ways that you can get support please don't spend all day on your own with a child that's just absolutely maddening i've done it myself so many times and we know from the being in a pandemic when we've all forced to do that it's just really, really hard to keep your temper and to not feel bored if you're just with a child all day. Get out into the world. Go to groups if you can. Go and see your friends. See other people. We like regularity and routines and things. If your house is a bit chaotic, it can really help regulate you if you have... This is the set meal times that we have. This is how we you know we prepare for getting out of the house. And this is where the school uniforms are. This is where the lunch packing stuff is. This is the meal that we're having, a meal plan, that kind of thing. That can really help kind of reduce decision fatigue and chaos within the house. I always talk about stress management as a psychologist. So you might like, you say you, you teach yoga, I think. Yeah. And yoga is wonderful for, for stress. Meditation, breathing, all these wonderful things that are really hard to do when you're stressed out. But if you can get there early with those things. And at the end of the day, if you're doing all those things and it's not touching the sides, then it might be time to reach out to the professional. It might be that there's underlying mental health problems, there's anxiety, depression, 
perhaps trauma history, something that needs addressing in order for you to feel like as calm and happy as a parent you can be. Mm. Yeah. So the key is kind of... So that wasn't three quick, easy tips. No, but it was was very interesting and helpful. Um, But I suppose the key, it seems like, is not to get into that state in the first place. If you can, try and put things into place so that you don't get to that level of of overwhelm and frustration which which is going to happen sometimes but as much as possible trying to yeah. resource yourself yeah exactly and it's going to happen it's going to happen for all of us and the key is when it does happen give yourself a bit of kindness and a bit of grace and say oh yeah i messed up then i behaved in a way that i don't want to behave to take yourself out of the situation making sure the child's safe come back when you're calmer explain to your child i'm so sorry that wasn't the way that I should speak to you. That's not the way I want to be. I lost my temper because of this, this and this. And really what I should have done was this, this and this. And in future, I'm going to try that. Um, can we have a hug? Would you like to draw a picture now? Should we go for a walk yeah. or whatever? Can we kind of repair this little rupture? And it'll, it'll happen time and time again. And that's absolutely normal and fine. I was saying to Annabelle that rupture and repair is really helpful to me to know that like if you shout it's okay and you can say sorry yes. and and that, that's something I think is quite new to our generation as well that you can apologize for your behavior and say I I was not acting in the way that I wanted oh, to yes. and I shouldn't have done that and I'm really sorry and that's like so freeing mm. to be able to do that and not be like I have to be perfect all the time because we all get overwhelmed pissed off you know no one is a great parent all the time so I found that like so helpful in my relationship with my son and he does it with me now and that's really lovely that's lovely yeah brilliant yeah we are we are the first generation to be really thoughtful about our actions and to apologize and to know that that's not a weakness that's a strength and we communicate really well with our children and it's just such a wonderful thing and all the information that's out there online, it's a double-edged sword. There's a lot of um, scary stuff and information overload and comparisonitis and all those things. But the things that we're able to learn now that are so beneficial, we're so lucky. Our parents weren't able to parent us like this and through no fault of their own, they didn't have access to this information. And they themselves were parented by parents who've been traumatised by war. Yeah, and they themselves have been parented by parents who were brought up by Victorians. And, you know, we go throughout history. There's a, a long, long history of children should be seen and not heard. We used to hit children in schools like, not even that long ago, like 30 years ago or whatever. The, the societal changes, how much more child-centric and understanding we are, has come far so fast in the last generation. So it's no wonder that as a generation we flounder sometimes because this is so new mm. we're trying to do something so hard and so new without models to to look back on and we're scared shitless of the judgment of strangers on the internet and not getting it right we're yeah we're doing our absolute damnedest we're doing really hard stuff and i just want all the parents out there to give themselves a little pat on the back and just think god i'm doing something really hard here and i'm trying my best it's not perfect it doesn't have to be we're doing our best Oh, I'm not surprised we're angry sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> all that work. Yeah. Doesn't it make sense? So when you think about it, when you zoom back out, like I said, like this historical perspective even. Yeah. You think, my God, yeah. 
you are not the only angry parent and your anger makes complete sense and you care so much about your anger because you want to be a really good parent because you know better and because you're trying really hard. I don't think Victorian parents or, you know, even parents 50 years ago really wrapped themselves with guilt about anger. We used to hit children at home, we used to hit children at school. We were much more cruel to children. Children did go to school even till about 100 odd years ago. Even if that, we had them in the fields and down the pits and they had absolutely no rights whatsoever. So against the background of all that, losing your temper and then saying, I'm so sorry, I'll try my best next time, is it's really not child abuse. Although I speak to people and they're so worried that they've broken their child or they've broken their attachment or they've traumatised their child. A little bit of psychological knowledge, some of these terms like trauma and first childhood experiences, if they get out into the mainstream um, without the actual grounding in what that means and the research behind it, it can be really, really terrifying thinking that you're doing this awful thing, that you're ruining your child. But the vast majority of us aren't ruining our children, I promise you. Yeah, it's a, it's a huge pressure, especially when you hear about the first three years are fundamental to your child. It's, it's a massive pressure on parents, I think. Thank you so much. That was brilliant. Really helpful information for us as well as yeah. our listeners. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Katie. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So, Mum Rage, what do you think? I thought that was really interesting, helpful conversation the work that people like Katie are doing is great because it's sort of normalising something that's been kind of suppressed or hidden. Mm. And like the reasons that it's happening, it's not just a individual thing, it's society and the setting that we're in and the culture that we're in. Yeah, I can sort of see our parents' generation or maybe even, maybe even my grandparents being like, oh, what's this? Well, I mean, we all did it and it's all fine. But a lot of their stuff would have been maybe a little bit repressed possibly Um, and also the pressures are really different now and and more than ever we are doing it in our little pods like you're in a house next to someone who's doing the same thing next to you and they're lonely too but we just we don't communicate or we're not able to have that support network in the way that we used to it reminds me a bit of our episode that we did in season one which was about divine femininity and women's circles yeah. and which you know some of that is a bit problematic any for different reasons but I think that this idea of sort of that we are so individual and we are in our little mm. egg box of us aren't we and that yeah. we want community and connection and I think sometimes wellness spaces do offer it to us like yeah. I know for sure when I had my children I went to like mum and baby yoga or there's sometimes like a thing in you know that there's a reason isn't there to be with other people be in community yeah I think when you have a little baby there's actually a reasonable amount of stuff to support you or there was for me anyway like groups my my neighborhood there were a few other mums who had babies almost exactly the same age and that was really helpful but then once maternity leave is over or if you're self-employed whatever period of time you're stretching your finances out for then it's then when your kids are like one two three not school yet that I think is was more challenging for me in many ways partly being a single parent but partly because you don't necessarily have people who 
have kids exactly the same age and there's quite a big differences between the years and also because the children are so different mm-hmm. so your child is totally different to someone else's so the problems that you're having or the experience that you're having might just be completely you might not find someone who empathizes with it or can understand it in the same way yeah because like mother mothers aren't a monolith are they like Mm. being a pair being a mother or a parent is not it doesn't mean that we're the same doesn't mean that we have the same values just because we have this one thing in common that we you know like had a baby so I think and I think that can be slightly frustrating sometimes that Mm. you have this idea of like motherhood or like you know people love a label don't they like a crunchy mom or a What's a crunchy mum? A crunchy mum's like, it's a very American term. It's like a very like granola, okay, like, like making mom. your muffins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blending your baby food. But yeah, like, you know, your your whole identity isn't just being a mum, is it? And mm. so I think, but, but I definitely think that now my children are at school. I have found a lot of community and connection through that with other parents Mm. and I feel really grateful for that like grateful to have people that I can talk to about stuff and but that takes a long time to get there for sure yeah and and also you have to put yourself out there and you know it's like Mm. it's difficult like making new relationships I think especially as you get older but I think I feel that I have that a lot more now my children are slightly older than I did yeah I, my my son's at preschool so he's not quite there till September but I definitely feel like the experience of nursery during the pandemic was quite hard for us particularly and also just in terms of making friends like you, you we weren't allowed to talk to each other yeah. at, at yeah. drop off and stuff like that it was really just like you left your kid and you went and you didn't speak to other parents and that was quite challenging as well because you don't make those connections that you might do at the school gate yeah yeah I thought one of the things that Katie said about burnout was really interesting in the context of it's often an issue for people who are in caring roles. Mm. And I remember hearing something that I do know the um, progressive muscle relaxation technique, which is where you sort of relax your toes and then you 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 squeeze and relax. relax. And a lot of that, for example, was developed specifically for, for healthcare professionals to help them relax oh, really? and unwind. And quite a lot of wellness techniques or wellness practices have been designed in that capacity. So to try and like help keep well the people that keep us well. Right. And I just thought that was really interesting in the context of looking at parents as carers, which, mm. you know, we don't really tend to identify I think is that but it is a job where you you know like a lot of your responsibility is about keeping other people well so of course you need techniques and tools around yourself and not just like a bubble bath or (laughs) you know yeah I mean I need a bubble bath but like (laughs) but this but like I think that looking at the differences between like you know self-care is such a like overused word and it's just Mm. it's just a you know what does it even mean at this point but like the actually structurally you actually do need things you need tools and resources and when children are really small it's really expensive because either they're at nursery which costs you know you may as well sell a kidney for that but or you're going you're leaving the house and doing stuff and every time you leave the house you're spending Mm. money like even if you just go to the library which is free you might you need to buy a snack or you've got a bus there or you know so it's 
expensive and that can be really challenging as well and really challenging in making connections if you can't afford to go to baby groups or or you can't afford to kind of go to the cafes where all the other moms hang out it's a really interesting topic and I I think it's really interesting looking at it sort of through the lens that we come at a lot of things from which is kind of through this like wellness lens because Mm -hmm. it's interesting to think about wellness is a kind of additional add-on that we sort of think about us being perfect and wellness also was a you know maybe something that can help us to sort of function at a level where we we feel happy and regulated and able to look after people thanks for listening come and find us on instagram at selfie development pod if you enjoyed the podcast please subscribe and leave us a review we recorded this podcast at story 94 Thanks so much to Nick and Matt for editing and production.